Amen. I guess I better get my Bible. We had a great service already, the first service, and um, I'm glad you guys are here. And uh, I think Stephanie explained we want you to. Here's here's my main thing. I want you to stay alive. Okay. I want everybody to live and be alive. So please drink water. This is your uh, water announcement. Make sure that you got water. Coffee's not water. I drink coffee. People ask me, do you drink water? I say, yes, I drink lots of filtered water. Well, filtered water through coffee. Okay, I drink a lot of coffee. But I, I, I tend to not drink water, but um, it's a good thing to drink water. Uh, all, all the rest of the summer here, it's, it'll be good for you to do that. The other thing is this. Um, you saw that uh, video right now, and I'm uh, going to have you... Uh, with me to do some prayer requests. Uh, I got uh, uh, done yesterday with a life celebration for uh, you see Jessica running around and doing things, but also has a kind of a heavy burden. Her father, her grandfather, grandfather. We uh, we did a memorial service for him yesterday. So I want to pray for the Priors and and her dad. And he does a lot of stuff in his church and everything. And we had a lot of pastors there, and it was great. Also on this mission trip, uh, our team had the privilege of going with Dr. Jonathan um, Gannon. And Dr. Jonathan Gannon uh, came back to a situation. In fact, uh, Jacob got to talk with him a lot. But on Wednesday, uh, I got a call. And uh, his three daughters and the youth pastor, who's 53, were uh, going to get some ice cream. And they were going to come back and... Uh, uh, help a VBS. They were they were uh, just you know volunteering for a VBS, and uh, another couple decided to have an argument, and on the other side of the median, and the man pulled the steering wheel. The truck went up over and hit the car, ejected his youngest daughter, eleven. She passed away, and the other daughter got out Friday, and so what we've done, we've given to them already, and, and praying for them. But uh, it, it's just a long, 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 long journey um, in, in this uh, experience. And I pray for everybody, the drivers of the cars, everybody, everybody. We got to pray. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Christ comes that we can have life and have it more abundantly. So uh, I want to pray for so many different things going on. I even forgot some of the prayer issues this morning in the first service. But there's a lot of things that happen but we have a jesus and we have a savior we have a god that loves us and would you guys agree to pray with me this morning when we begin this before i start the jonah series i just want to pray uh over this lord i just pray father i pray that this would be uh lord a wake up for us to be vigilant in prayer and 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 always lord uh, check our emotions and what we're doing but God, also, Lord, I pray for the prior family, uh, what they went through uh, this weekend, what they went through the last few weeks. God, I pray your peace, your love on them. Lord, uh, on the Gannon family, Lord, uh, Dr. Jonathan Gannon, their, their, his wife, Monica, their two daughters, Lord. And Lord, we pray, God, over that entire family, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Guard their heart, minds, and soul in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray for miracles for them. We give you praise and we give you glory, Lord, for everything 
that you are doing and you have done. And Lord, we, we, we don't question, we just thank you. God, we praise you. And Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes today and our ears that we can hear you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Hey, man, we've had people make commitments to Christ already, and this is the time. We're in Jonah chapter 1, and this is uh, titled, Running Away from the Presence of God, or uh, well, it'll come up there later, but Running Away from the Presence of God. And listen, <clears throat> I, I think I'll close my eyes on this one, but you can raise your hand, but has anybody ever ran away from the presence of God? I, I got my hand up. I've ran, and I've ran, and I've ran, and I've ran. But when I say running from the presence of God is that he, he isn't silent. People, I haven't heard from God. Oh, I think you've heard from God. Right. I, I think you don't want to hear from God. And then it's, it, it kind of, it's the same way with the Bible. People are like, I don't read the Bible. I don't understand it. And it's like, well, for me, it's the stuff I do understand the Bible. Why I don't read the Bible? Because I do understand some of that stuff. I don't want to hear it. But it is what God has for it. It is the word of God that God is giving to us. And by the way, uh, online audience, if you guys can get your uh, bread and juice ready for the end of the service, we'd love you to uh, be able to partake. All of us are going to be doing um, communion a little bit. But also, for those that are here, if you would just share it. We're online, so you could share this with somebody and share the message this morning. And I want, I want to talk about this, running from God, running from God. Jonah chapter 1, verse, uh, verses 17. We're going to go to verse 17. So, Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 17. If you're not there, I'll wait on you. Everybody there? If it's going to be there? Okay. Here we go. You ready? Say yes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee the to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on the board and to go with them to Tarshish and away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the heaven and the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men 
knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we would, you would open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Speak to us and speak through us, Lord. And, and, and Lord, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. hey, um, you know, I know sometimes when we read stories like this, we've seen so many um, uh, depictions and cartoons and different things that sometimes you think that this isn't a real story, but this is a real story. The Bible is a real book. It's a true book. This is one of uh, the older stories in the Bible, not the oldest. Job was the oldest book. But this book, we believe, was written by Jonah because there's no reason for us not to believe it. And it was written in 793 to about 753 B.C. Um, Jesus referred to Jonah as a historical book. And we know about the history of uh, Nineveh and the Ammonites and all those people, we know about their history. And Nineveh was a city, an incredible city, started in 3000 B.C. So thousands of years, even before this book, they started this city. By the time that you're reading this book about this city, man, the walls were like 200 foot wall, uh, high. You could run uh, chariots by it. This city was amazing. Now, you ever been to your neighbors or any... or different people and they got uh, steel fences and guard dogs and guns there there'd be a reason there'd be a reason and for these dudes the reason was they were raiders they raided people they raided uh israel for years they raided uh different countries they would take the best of everything they had they had armies they would take slaves and so this is an empire a real historical empire that was in uh, this region during this time, and Jonah, I, I just got to say this about Jonah. Jonah wasn't a coward. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but about his reason for, for running. But the, the Nineveh city actually um, was conquered and destroyed by 612 B.C. So this being 793 to 753 B.C., you understand that maybe they repented, you know, if you haven't read the whole book yet. But I want to say this first point here. Number one is this. Um, God will ask often ask you to do things that you don't want to do. Or here, here is what we have as the title right here. God's will versus your will. 
God's will versus your will. And I've asked you this before. Have you, has God ever asked you to do something you didn't want to do? Your answer probably should be yes. I mean, is it, you know, you don't want to get up. You don't want to go to work sometimes. You don't want to, you know, be nice to people. But it, it, when God asks you to do something, and I'm going to try to make this really clear this morning. I want to make this so clear to everybody. God, man, I just keep see kids going forever. I'm like, how many kids? How many kids did they stuff back there? 37, yeah. That's a lot of kids to stuff back in that little area. So yeah, we have three. Yeah, we have a bigger church. Amen. And they, they put like 15 back there in the first service. But anyway, um, God loves you. And please get this. I want you to get this inside you. God loves you more than you do. Blow your mind. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's why he, he's tough. That's why he asks things, you to do things that you don't want to do. Because he loves you more than you do. You think you love you. You think you care about yourself and everything. But he cares about you more. He's setting you up for miracles. He loves you. And so he, he doesn't ask you to do things that's going to harm you or hurt you. In the end, it's going to be good for you. Here's the thing. Everybody's going to die. Every person dies. But not everybody has eternal life with Christ. And he wants that for you. He wants you to have eternal life. So away, away from the presence of the Lord, here's what happened. God will often ask you to do things you don't want to do. I want to prove it. Here we go. Number one, he'll ask you to stop sinning. <laughs> How many of y'all want to do that? I don't want to do that. Stop sinning. Uh, there's things I want to do. And, and here's the thing. I used to be in, I grew up, I'm a pastor's kid. And I grew up and I had one pastor that I would write down the seven sins and he would preach about them every service. And I'd just mark them off, you know. It, it, here's the thing. What is sin? This is what it is specifically. Sin is just disobedience with God. It's just not making the mark. God talks to people individually. He loves you. And sin is missing the mark of what God has for your life. He wrote a, a, a life manual for you, and he wants you to read it. He, he, he has sin his spirit, and he wants your, you to accept his spirit in you. God has people that are saved that go to church like this, like you guys are doing, and he wants you to go there and be able to listen and, and see how it is to live for God because there are so many things that are turned upside down and we're so confusing that God has a plan for your life and he cares for you. And he asks you to stop sinning because he cares for you. Here's another one. Number two is this. You ready? Start giving. What? See, I knew it. I knew it. I knew that pastor would get in my wallet and start pulling out my money and go, see, there he is. Let me tell you about giving. Can I tell you about giving? Because it's on, it's on the uh, window there. Love God. So love, let's take that first word, love. Love is a desire to give. You were loved into existence. Somehow, some way, you were loved into existence. That's how you were born. There, there, two people came together and you were created. 
Love is a desire to give. The opposite of that is lust. Lust is a desire to get. Now, God loves you so much that he did something that's recorded in John chapter 3, verse 16. Hopefully everybody knows. For God so loved the world he gave. Here's the thing. I, I was telling them this morning. I was, uh, it, it was Christmas, and I'm about 11 years old, and I'd ask for everything in the world. And my parents were po, P.O. Not o, we couldn't afford the O.R. Yeah, we couldn't. We, we, were, we were pastors. We were po. And, and, and I don't know how they did it, but I had a sound system. I had everything. They got it for me. And you know what I did? I cried. I didn't get my BMX bike. And I didn't know they'd hit it in the back. And so I'm acting like a jerk. And then they come bringing that bike in. I'm like, ah! And I got a bike. I rode it for about two hours. And I'm like, OK, anything else? Did I miss any presents? And I was unhappy. And it was at that moment. I'd gotten saved at seven years old. But it's at that moment I thought, what is wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. Why can I not get enough? You can give me thing after thing after thing after thing after thing after thing, and I can't get enough. And it's so true. What it says, it's more blessed to give than receive. I started giving and giving and giving, and I got more excited and giving. Now I'm giving your money away. I'm giving it. We're giving it to people in India. We got, we're, we're taking care of uh, students right now. They're eating because of you, and they're learning. They're in chapel. I did chapel. They have nighttime chapel there in India, in Palakut. And they're doing chapel right now because of you. And air condition is blowing because of you. We're giving money out. I, I think I brought one of these. And this, I was able to give this out. These are in the back, and we'll make more. But we give these out to everyone that comes up, but also we give them to you to have in your cars. And I gave one this morning. This it's got water, it's got um, the peaches things, and it's got the Vienna sausages. Man, I love Vienna sausages. I don't know about other people. I love and And then it's got the, the chips, but here's the important thing. It's got about Christ, how to accept Christ in English and in Spanish. There, God will ask you to start giving because it's not just about you. Now that you're saved and you have Christ, he's asking Jonah, Jonah, Go do this. Tell these people. And I told you, I've got a, 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 a epiphany for you. Jonah wasn't a coward. He was a hater. Jonah was a hater. Because, <laughs> yeah, because Nineveh was mean. They had killed people. They killed his family members. They didn't. And he's like, I don't want Nineveh to repent. I'm not going to tell them. Listen to what number three is. Listen to number three. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. How many of you just feel all warm and fuzzy inside about loving your enemy? Person that just hurt you. One person over here, but that just hurt you. Well, this is why you should love your enemies. In fact, let me get to this uh, this morning. That uh, In verse 2, it said this, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come against them. Jonah was not a coward. He was a hater. Look, at, look with me in uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 42. It says this. Um, oh, I'm sorry, 44, not 42. 44. But I say to you, 
Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who's in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on the just and the unjust. For you love those who love you. What reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Love those who hate you. And this is where Jonah was this morning, you guys. This is where Jonah was. Jonah was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, hey, this is what I believe about Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, so he wasn't scared. When they got, they got uh, stoned all the time. People got mad at them, threw stones at them, hit them. They did a lot of things to prophets. I don't think he was scared. I don't think Jonah was sinning. I, the problem with the prophet is they're like, they do all the things right. You can't be a prophet unless you're doing all the stuff, the law and everything right. Here was Jonah's problem. Jonah hated his enemies. They were mean. They, he wanted them to go to hell. He's, he wanted them to go to hell. He's like, man, dude, these guys are bad. And you know, when you become a Christian for a while, I can kind of understand that. I, I you know, uh, I believe that, that, you know, I believe I was growing up, I believe that God can come at any time. There could be a rapture. And I would, I would have this imagination that, you know, I'm just hiding out, living for Christ and staying away from all these mean people, you know. And then Christ takes me up and I'm, and I'm, and I'm taken up and I go, ha, suckers, ha, ha. And then I feel God hit me on the back of the head and I fall back down. You know. Listen, you weren't saved to be, to be saved from just the earth and not, be, uh, and not sin and just stay away from sin. You were saved to help people and to love your enemies and to do good to them that uh, are mean to you. You were saved to help your brothers and sisters Make it to heaven. You were saved to pull people out of darkness and out of sin. And you were saved to help others. You were saved to love. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. Jesus gave. He gave on a cross. He gave everything. He gave his life. He was murdered for us. Jesus gave. And this is what he's dealing with Jonah. He's saying, love your enemies. But Jonah rose to flee. See, the request will cause an action. And so I, let me tell you, I am so uh, excited and, and just uh, honored that you're here this morning. Because one of the first uh, things, actions that people do when they're confronted, in fact, this is what happened in the garden. When Adam and Eve disobeyed, the very first thing they did is they hid. When, when, when you don't want to hear from God, when you're running from the presence of God, you hide. You're like, God, I don't want to talk to you. You know, please. Let me tell you, God loved Jonah because God wouldn't get, leave Jonah alone. And guess what? God loves you because he hadn't left you alone. And he won't leave you alone. You keep ending up in church and keep ending up uh, listening to what God's saying. You don't, because he loves you. God loves you. You see, Jonah rose to flee, and God's will will cause 
a response in us. Jonah ran. I've ran. I, I, I believe maybe you've run at times. You see, you can always find a boat that is sailing in the wrong direction. You can all, yeah, do that. Clap for that, bro. Amen. I, I, I tell my kids, I would tell my kids as they're growing up to, hey, I'd go, wrong direction. Wrong direction, guys. Wrong direction. This, we're supposed to go this way. You're going the wrong direction. You can always find a boat going in the wrong direction. You see, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, listen to this. This is sobering, you guys. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those that find it are few. You know, I had a couple of bodybuilders here this morning, and one of them is uh, actually... My trainer. Oh, and, and so they were here, and I said, listen. I said, how many times have you guys had to do things that nobody else is doing? All the time. You know, nobody else is not eating sugar or only eating chicken. And I know I've had, we've had lots of bodybuilder people in here. And they, they discipline themselves. But the same thing goes with being a Christian at times. There are a lot of people that are willing to go the different direction than what Christ has called us to. And they're like, get on board, man. Come on. You can get on board with us. You see, the direction is obedience. And the only way to God is Jesus. I, this, this is a, 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 a lie from the pit of hell. I want everybody to hear this. All paths lead to God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because the Bible tells us, God tells us, and he makes it clear, there's only one way to the Father. The God, he, he says this, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to God except he come through Jesus Christ. You must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how many things you do for people and everything. It is about submitting and putting your knee down and saying, Jesus, I accept you to be Lord and Savior of my life. There is one way to the Father. The direction is obedience, and the only way is Jesus. So he paid the fare and went on board. He's going the wrong direction, and he paid the fare. How many of you guys have paid the fare sometimes? You know, you pay the fare, you got on board, and, man, that ride was not what we wanted it to be. But we paid the fare, and we got on board. Many of us have paid the price to go in the wrong direction. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to slow down and make this clear. It's appointed everyone to die. I've been to a lot of funerals. I've done a lot of funerals. I've done funerals for people that, you know, they love Christ and they, they weren't headed to Christ. And I've done funerals for other people that, you know, we didn't know. And I, and I don't think you know what the person decision they make 
But I do know this, that there is a heaven and there's a hell. And the, the, the scripture here is this about death is the greatest death is to be separated from God, to be eternally away from the Lord. See, we were all created to be living spirits. You know, you don't see uh, any other creature like humans. Humans were created, it says in the beginning, in God's image. And we were created to be eternal. But when man sinned, that judgment came down, and that had to happen for everyone. Everyone would die. And at that time, when they died, even after they died, they would not be connected to God. But over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for their sins and your sins and, the, and people that haven't even been born yet. And he died and he rose again on the third day so that we could be connected to the Father for every person that would accept the free gift from God. For God so loved the world, he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That means that your eternal soul would perish. Jesus came for us, and he came to give us a new direction. Everyone's direction was headed towards eternal separation from God. But when Jesus came, he changed our direction. You see, many of us have paid the price. In Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I say something? Free gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay a bunch of tithes. You don't have to help a bunch of orphans. You don't have to do You just have to confess. I do have another part of that, though. God's then going to be on you. <laughs> he's going to be talking to you. He's going to be asking you to be his hands extended in planet Earth. Number three is this. And uh, I guess I can read it from here. Um, God, what, what does it say? Oh, there it is. God may send a storm to wake you up. God may send a storm to wake you up. God may send a storm. Now, this is a question people have. Will God ask you? To do something that you don't want to do. Absolutely. Does God send storms? It's in the Bible. Apparently he does. God loves those that are his children. And it also says in the Bible he corrects those. And I, you know, I asked him this morning. I think I got a younger group here. Do any of you guys remember Flip Wilson? A couple of you? Okay. You guys have no idea. Google Flip Wilson. Okay. And he used to do a, a, a character named Geraldine. And he'd go, uh, devil, get behind me and don't push. And he would always say for the devil to get behind him. We love to blame the devil for every storm and everything that's going on in our life. When you guys, we're the ones going in the wrong direction. And that's why the storm has come. To help us. I'm telling you, things happen in my life where I go immediately. I go, God, I'll pray Satan off of this. I'll pray the devil off everything. I'm going to do that. But first, what are you trying to say? You know, do you have something for me to hear in this moment? Is there something, is there a direction that maybe you're moving me? You know, Joseph 
in the Bible, no Testament. He didn't do anything wrong. He got thrown in the pit. So then he got pulled out. He became a slave. And he was like doing the best job he could. And he even did great. He did a good thing. And they, and they blackmailed him. And they threw him in prison. And so he goes from the pit to the prison. But yet it positioned him that one day Pharaoh came. And he asked for somebody to interpret a dream. And only Joseph could do it. And then it positioned him for the palace. So a lot of times your storms are positioning you for great things and what God wants to do. Verse 9, or I'm sorry, verse 4, he says that it says that the Lord hurled a great wind on them. And verse 6 says, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to God. I want to speak to some of you who have been Christians for a while. I mean, even myself, this happened to me in 2020. Arise, you sleeper. Here's the thing. Why wasn't every day, because that live button on Facebook's been out there for a long time. Why wasn't every day since 2010 or whatever have I been saying, hey, you guys, I want to encourage you today. I want to give you a scripture. And then at the end of it, and I did, I've been doing this for two years. And at the end of it, say, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead and you can be saved. Why haven't I been doing that? But I was sleeping, and some of us Christians are sleeping, and storms come across us, and boom, they hit us, and they say, hey, man, you can't do this. This is happening to you, and it wakes us up, and we're like, oh, wait a minute. I got a God. I got a God who made the, the heavens and the earth. I got a God that's powerful. I got a God that can stop storms, and so now Jonah is awake. In verse 9, it says this, he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. In verse 10 through 12, he says, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. And so they picked him up, and they hurled him into the sea. This is the final point, and it's not on here, but I want to make this final point to you. Jonah's confession led him to die if God did not save him. Jonah's confession led him to die if God did not save him. His confession was, I'm the problem. I confess my sins. This is, this is what the Bible says. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So we've all sinned so we can, like Jonah, confess, I have sinned. Throw me, man. I'm, I'm the sinner. And Jesus has a salvation plan. It came in the form of a well, but did I say at the beginning of this sermon that Jesus points Jonah out? Because Jonah, the book of Jonah, was a... A, a, a sign to us that this is what Jesus is going to do. That Jesus is going to be three days in the belly, but on the third day, he's going to rise their salvation. On the third day, Jonah was spit out. I don't know if you guys ever look at Ripley's Believe It or Not, but I remember looking at one of those, and there was a fisherman that was uh, cut out of a belly of a fish. He was a Filipino fisherman. And they're not sure how long he'd been in there, but they think he'd been in there a while. 
and they cut him out. But this is the interesting part. He was, his pigmentation was all bleached off. And so he was just white. Now, you might go through something that's so amazing that when you get out, nobody can discount it. Yeah, you can't recognize. Oh, come on. Look at her. See, you're in it now. Green hair. Bleached skin. Repent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to repent, man. Travel 500 miles. Repent. Jesus is preparing you for something great. Jonah's confession led him to die if God did not save him. He confessed in verse 12. I know it's because of me that great tempest is upon you. Now, today, right now, let us confess that we have been running from the presence of the Lord. I I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You've been running from the presence of the Lord. I can tell you I've been running. There's times I run from the presence of the Lord. But he has good for me. He loves me. He has a plan for me, a plan to to prosper me and not to harm me, a plan for a future for me. And see, sometimes we think the things we go on through this earth, you know, guys, I just want to slow down and explain something to you. Jonah, probably the rest of his life, he had to get under shade and he had pigmentation issues. Um, uh, Paul in the Bible, who wrote a lot of the Gospels, his head was cut off. Um, Jesus was murdered and rose again the third day. There's a lot of things that Christians and people have had to go through. And I, I think about some of these miracles. You know, we had Shar this morning. That it, She's a miracle. If you guys have heard about the story, we prayed for her when we were this January in Hawaii. And, and uh, they took her off all the machines, and her husband went home and thought she was going to die. She woke up, and they said she was brain dead. She, and she can, uh, you know, she can think and everything. Everything's coming back to her, but it's been very difficult. It's very difficult, other things that she's come through. But she walked and danced around this morning. You know, I have my grandson who was dead on the table three to five minutes, and we prayed, and we heard her live in there. But now he has to have a scar from here to here and, and all the things that he goes through. I am not painting a real pretty picture of salvation. <laughs> I'm painting that you might go through physical pain stuff on the outside, but it's worth it all because you have peace and you have salvation and you're delivered. How many of y'all were addicted to stuff and now God has set you free? I see that. I see them hands, a bunch of people. Me too. Come on, Jesus. Jesus loves us. And it says in the Bible, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved. And this morning, this is what I want everybody here, those online. That, like I said, there, there's no magical prayer, but there is an important thing about opening your mouth and telling God that you give him authority in your life. And so, all of you, if you could, please pray this prayer with me this morning. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess with my mouth 
And I believe in my heart that you're raised from the dead. And I will follow you. And I will obey you all the days of my life. Amen. That's